I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, Pros. Pros is the custom beauty brand that is all over your feed. I had been wanting to try them for so long. And when I tell you guys that I put on my Instagram story that they were going to be sponsoring the podcast, I got so many genuine organic responses from my following of people being like, oh my God, I love Pros. I've been using it for years. So don't even just take it from me, but take it from the genuine people that reached out agreeing with me about how much they love Pros. And when Pros says custom, they actually mean it. Each and every bottle of Pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. One of the coolest parts of the questionnaire that I thought was they literally asked me about my location and my zip code so that they could understand how hard the water is here, what the UV index is like, if it's cold, if it's dry, and all of that goes into these truly personalized products. Pros even did a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, and Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. So try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering the Artie Friends listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash Artie Friends. That's pros.com slash Artie Friends for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash Artie Friends. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Artie Friends. I'm Allison. And this is Kara. We have big news that we are going to announce at the end of today's episode. So don't leave. Stay tuned for that. It's very exciting. So make sure you listen through. Yes. We're going to hop right in to our peaks of the week. Do you want to go first? No, I think you can go first. Okay. (laughs) So I kind of have like a really big week right now. I'm launching like a huge drop on New Wave's website, which I haven't really ever done much with online before. So that has been a lot. There's so much work that goes into like photographing all the items, figuring out like shipping and weight and dimensions and writing the descriptions and inventory and doing all that. It's like an entirely different business than running the brick and mortar. So that launch is tomorrow. But then tomorrow I actually have like a family day. I haven't spent more than an hour with my dad in like two months, which is so sad. I haven't seen my stepbrother because he moved to Hawaii for the last six months, but he's home for a little bit. And then my sister is going to be moving up to the Pacific Northwest like next month. So tomorrow we're like doing a whole day of going to brunch and then going to some museums and going to Top Golf. And I'm going to be honest, like I'm definitely a little anxious because I'm like, okay, I'm doing 75 hard. I have to get everything ready for the store in person. I have to do this entire online drop and get all of 
the socials done and spend the whole day with my family and be present because I haven't seen them in literally months and get two workouts in and do all of that. So definitely tomorrow will be a challenge, but <laughs> I'm excited. It'll be great. Sounds so fun. Yeah. I would love to go to the museums and all that. It's really fun. Yeah. What about you? Wait, okay. So is that your peak of the week? Yeah, I guess so. It's tomorrow will be the peak going up and then hopefully I'll be coasting down from that the rest of the weekend. Okay. So yours is in the future. Yeah. I'm going to do my peak of the week from like two weeks back because I, this happened not last weekend, but the like weekend before and we pre-recorded last week's episode. So my peak of the week was this estate sale that I went to with my friend Lexi. So my friend Lexi was in town two weekends ago for a wedding which her date ended up ditching her last minute, which is so rude. And I, I ended up getting to go, which was really fun because it was a girl that was in our sorority. So it was actually so fun to get to go to that. But before at like 9 a.m., we decided to go to this estate sale and I saw it online and it like had all this designer stuff. Like it looked really good. So like, okay, let's get there early. We got there like 9, 10. It started at nine and like the line was already around the whole house. Like we waited an hour to get in. And I don't go to too many estate sales, but they're always so fun when you do go. So I was kind of glad there was a line because once we got inside, it was a very small condo. And like you kind of had the whole condo to yourself. No one was like climbing on top of each other. So I got into like one of the rooms and, you know, went through all this stuff. I got like an Yves Saint Laurent scarf for like $20. Like this lady had such nice stuff barely used. Um, but then when we were going to check out, I saw these like two paintings on the wall and I was like, wait, what are those? And the lady was like, oh, they're Henry Matisse. They're like, they're from the National Art Gallery. They're like two of his stencils from one of his, like, I don't know, one of his um, artist books. And they were like, so marked out. Like I was like, wait, I'm taking these with me right now. Uh, so I snatched these two beautiful paintings or not paintings. Oh my gosh. They're stencils. Yeah. And I'm like, these are so rare. It's so crazy. What are in, like, what's in someone's house? Like it's just 10 minutes from my house. This lady had like two Matisse stencils. And now they're in your I'm house. Like, what the heck? And now they're <laughs> in my house. So yeah, it was really, really cool. I, and like, I didn't have any art for my dining room or living room really but like they fit the wall perfectly and I love Matisse like I have two of his prints in my room but are they're like from Etsy like like just like printed from Walmart which is still really cool so it's just cool that I found more Matisse stuff that's like actually authentic legit. yeah all from an estate sale like, I think what? the takeaway from that is how important or how dope I guess it is to buy vintage because when you buy like new mm -hmm. and fast fashion like the second you buy it the value just decreases. But with vintage, like honestly, the value goes up the more you have it. So like when you go to sell those paintings someday or you pass them down, like they're going to be worth more than you paid for them. And same with like buying exactly. like a dope vintage t-shirt or jeans, like you don't even really have to feel bad about it because you're like, oh, if I end up needing money or I'm over this, I can just sell it and get exactly what I paid for it. Literally exactly that. Because they definitely were, they were still pricey. Like not, they weren't like $10. They were definitely like a couple hundred dollars each. But again, I was like, if I get buyer's remorse from spending the most money I've ever spent in my entire life on art, I could sell these tomorrow and like get my money back. Absolutely. Or make more, more money off of it. So 100% agree with that. And I don't know if you saw this TikTok. I think I was going to send it to you. I'm like, Allison gets enough TikToks for me a day. But it was like this girl who made a TikTok and she was basically like, I can't believe someone could walk into a store in the mall and buy like 30 things. Like guys, you're too unique for that. Like go find pieces, like go find vintage things. Like you're too unique to just be buying 30 things that are brand new. 
that like every store across the country has. I thought that was a really interesting take on that. It's like, yeah, you, you could find the most unique, rare pieces like thrifting that are probably going to speak more to your personality than just, yeah, fast fashion. Oh my gosh. Yes. Building off of that, those, all those recruitment TikTok videos where these girls were like, <laughs> yeah. this is what I got. Like Kara sent me one. And I was like, my only takeaway from that is all of these girls shop at Shein and like way too much. Like it's mm-hmm. embarrassing. Like why people will come into the store too. And I can like overhear and this girl the other day was like, yeah, I don't really need anything. Cause I just got like a huge haul from Shein. Like nice dude. So you're like, just not going to go and support a bunch of local businesses. Don't care. That's mine. Because you just spent hundreds of dollars on Shein. I would be embarrassed to yeah. say that out loud. Sorry, not sorry. It's just, <laughs> no, I mean, it's kind of an issue. Like obviously Shein is very cheap. And I think people are like, well, I can't afford other brands, but it's like, because you okay, buy $100 buying... of Shein. That's why you have no yeah, money. Yeah, but when you go to Shein, <laughs> are you buying a shirt that's going to be in style for a month? Like, are you really going to yeah. Shein and buying like the basics? Because if, quote, you don't have money for other brands, like that's what I always say on TikTok. Well, I, your prices are too expensive. Like I only shop at Shein because that's what I can afford. But it's like, no, you're buying like a swimsuit. You're buying a haul of 10 swimsuits that you're going to wear like two times. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I don't know, but that's just what it seems like. Whenever I see those Shein hauls on TikTok, it's always very trendy pieces. Like like I have bought from Shein. I bought a leather jacket from Shein last year because they were sold out everywhere. That was the only place I can have, I could find one. And I've worn that thing like a hundred times. Like I swear to God, if I'm going to buy one thing from Shein and it's going to be a leather jacket, like I think that's fair. But yeah, the overconsumption is pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just not... shopping very intentionally. And, you know, we live in such a culture Mm -hmm. where everyone buys, buys, buys. And then people are like, well, I have no money. And it's like, well, you just bought everything. That's why you don't have money. Yeah. (laughs) Just being mindful. We definitely need to bring someone on who can give some good personal finance tips. Brady. And just like, I know we should. Brady's my older brother. I think we should have him on. Yeah. Next time in Omaha, that'd be so easy for us three to pop into the studio. You should definitely do it. I feel like I do live within my means, but I don't have like a strategy for doing it. I'm just like a very stingy person. Like I just really don't like spending a lot of money. So I definitely live below my means, but I feel like we could give some good practical tips for like, you know, like don't pay more than 30% of your income for rent. Like I know that's Mm -hmm. a good tip or like, People say you should budget like $100 a month for clothes, which I feel like people are just not. They're going way above that. So yeah, we should find someone like Brady and and bring them on. My closet policy is I have a set amount of velvet hangers and anytime something comes in, it goes out. And I think people would be shocked at how little clothes I actually have. Like maybe like two feet wide, maybe three feet wide max of hanging items. And then I only have three tiny drawers that are like a foot by a foot. And that's everything. Because for me, like how you say you don't spend money more because you're like stingy. Mine is more because I get like really overwhelmed by things. Like if I have more stuff than can fit on a hanger or can fit in a drawer, like it stresses me out so much. I want everything around me to be like usable and things that like literally bring me joy and not feel like Mm -hmm. I ever really need to tidy up or pick up because you use everything and you like everything. And there's never just stuff around that you don't like. Yeah. So question for you, do you have clothes from winter or did you get rid of all of them last year and you're just going to accumulate new winter things? That's my problem. Like I have a full pile of clothes in my basement, like closet. That's just winter stuff that I don't need right now. And it's just like, I don't know if I'll like this in the winter. So I just hang on to them and it's just wasting so much space. Yeah. That includes winter. I guess in the whole closet, I have my two winter coats 
in the whole closet. Mm-hmm. They're like in like a so you a like coat long bag. sleeves and stuff in that. No, just two coats. But oh yeah, no, in that yeah okay yeah. Mm-hmm. All my sweaters, all my long sleeves, jackets, yeah, like bombers. There's just very few and. It's taken like, me a long time. Would you time. say they're pretty basics? Like, yeah, pretty good. That's what I've been trying to move more towards. It's just getting the basics. And then, because that's what I feel like my style has evolved into is like, I feel like I used to be more trendy, but now with trends moving in and out within mm-hmm. a week, like you'll literally see a shirt and then it's chuggy. I know. <laughs> Quote unquote chuggy in like a day. I'm like, okay, I'm literally going to do basics and then get trendy with like the accessories and like trendy with the pieces that I add on. Yeah, that don't take up a lot of room. Yeah. I mean, I think you can just, yeah, we can all learn a lot from like the Europeans, like they have such small, small closets. And so the items that they do buy are very intentional. They're well-made, they're mm-hmm. chosen and they keep them for years. Like a lot of my things I've had for years that I really, really like. So yeah. Well, that's our first big sister advice yeah. that no one asked for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess leading into today's topic, we are going to do a Q&A. So it'll be kind of like a pretty casual episode. We'll read the questions. Oh, wait. Our listeners peak of the week. Yeah. I guess we should do that. Yes. We'll go <laughs> um, really quick. Really quick. We're going to do our, your guys peaks of the week. Okay. The one I wanted to read, I'll just give her initials. MD. She stopped smoking for the first time in forever since listening to our like drinking podcast. I guess it was about drinking and smoking. So props to you. That's amazing. I'm so glad that the topic resonated with you. And overall, I felt like I got more messages about that podcast than any of the other podcasts. So super stoked Mm -hmm. that that was really helpful for you guys. And we are glad to, you know, shed light on a conversation that doesn't get talked about a lot. Absolutely. And then Anne G said, I move into college for the first time Saturday after spending my first year online. I'm so glad you get to actually be on campus. I cannot imagine being a college freshman last year when everything was actually shut down. So sad. So so sad. We're excited for you. Hope you have the best sophomore year. Yay. Okay. Yes. Big okay, back advice. to explaining today's topic. <laughs> yeah. So we're just going to do a quick Q&A. So I think we just hop into it. All right. I don't think there's too much to explain, but we just put up a question box on our Instagram at we're already friends. That's also where we got our peaks of the week. So make sure to follow us there. And yeah, thanks for sending in questions. They're all anonymous, by the way. So yeah, don't worry. We're not going to out you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to say who said what. All right. First question. How do you know when it's time to break up? This is a good one. It's very hard because especially when you've dated someone for so long, I feel like you'd naturally maybe start to get some feelings of doubt because you're like, wow, I put in so much of my life into this relationship. Like, was this worth it? Am I making the right decision? I don't know. I think for me as as someone who did break up with someone and then we ended up getting back together, I think it was just like, was the relationship coming in between making each other happy? Like, I feel like we were both not in our happiest states. There's like, we both wanted to do other things to make ourselves happy. And like the relationship was preventing us. I don't know. That's such a tough call. I think you just have to do what is like what your heart says, like kind of go with your gut. And hopefully, you know, if you do decide to break up and like, hopefully you guys can always go back. Like, I feel like you have to kind of realize like, you know, what's meant to be is meant to be. And yeah, if you are meant to get back together, that will happen. Sometimes you do need to like lose everything to realize that that was the right choice to be together. I like that. 
I think not getting hung up on the time that you did already invest because that's mm-hmm. okay. Like it was special while it was. And then it doesn't matter for your future. Like you learned a lot from it. You know, if you played, say, like a high school sport for 12 years and then you quit playing it, you're not like, oh, well, I wasted my whole life playing that sport. Like you enjoyed it while you did, mm-hmm. taught you a lot. It was great. And now you can move on to something else. I think for my ex, when I we dated for like three years, what really made me realize it was over was when I pictured myself in the future. I stopped picturing him like standing next to me. Like, let's say I was like dreaming of trips or careers or moving somewhere. Like I only had myself doing it. And there was a point in time where like, I'd always picture us doing it together, but somewhere along the line, I stopped seeing him there with me. And that's when I kind of knew. Well, (laughs) well, that's like a really good example. Thanks. Next question. Cool. What are the best books to read post-graduation from either high school or college? I would say in general, How to Be a Badass. I think it just touches mm-hmm. on a lot of areas. Um, if you're creative, I would recommend Big Magic. I still need to read that. Oh, I've heard so many good things. It's a good one. It's a quick read. And then I wrote in our notes, do not read The Defining Decade. <laughs> Have you read that? No. I haven't either, but my friend, when we graduated, she read this book and it's basically about how like in your twenties, it's your defining decade and you have to do X, Y, and Z to be successful. Like everyone thinks their twenties is just have fun and be reckless, but like, no, it's very serious. And like, you need to take it seriously. And she like went off the deep end. Like she was not well. She felt like everything she was doing was a failure. It like gave her a lot of self-doubt when she was definitely like on the right course. Like got a job right after graduation, like moved to a big city. I just feel like if you're someone who doesn't do well with pressure like that, you should not read The Defining Decade <laughs> because life does not need to have that much pressure like at all. No, it does not need to be that serious. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I do not recommend. <laughs> but Agree with Allison, You Are Badass was my rec. Great book. And don't you always recommend How to Win Friends and Influence People? Yeah, that's a great book too. I think that's just a great book for literally any stage of your life. How to Win Friends and Influence People, like specifically post-graduation. I feel like a book that'll like hype you up, kind of like you are a badass and like make you mm-hmm. realize it's not the world's not over. You're going to be fine. I feel like that's a good time. But yes, guys, I've said it like eight times. <laughs> win how to win friends or read how to win friends and influence people. So good. All right. How do you find the right people? I feel like I have a lot of friends, but no best friends. That's so tough. I feel like you had something good for this one. Did you want to share what you were thinking? Yeah. I said I felt like I related to that a lot because. I definitely was someone who like had a lot of friends in different pockets, but never really had a best friend. Or I would say my problem would be like, I would get to be best friends with someone and it would be like a one to two year fling. And then we would either grow apart, they would move, whatever. But once I just stopped worrying about having a best friend, because I think society makes you feel like, oh my God, that girl doesn't even like have a best friend. And you like, no one cares. No one's literally thinking about whether who your best friend is. Like I don't ever look at someone and be like, I wonder who their best friend is. But <laughs> yeah. I feel like we, we're like self-conscious of that as humans. Mm-hmm. But once I just stopped worrying about it and started working on myself and took the time to go inward, then the world aligned me with people that were also doing that exact same thing and kind of connected me to them. And now I feel like my best friends, like we don't have to talk all the time. Like we work on ourselves a lot, but when we come together, like it's very special and intentional. Absolutely. 
I think once you take the pressure off of it, mm-hmm. it's like that's where people get so tripped up about it. It's like they just get so self-conscious or like stressed that they don't have a friend. But yeah, once you just kind of focus on yourself, what do you like to do? Like, where would you like to go on the weekends? Like thinking about like what kind of communities you want to put yourself in that's putting yourself first. I feel like the friends will naturally come. Naturally come. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Okay. Next question. If I want to start my own business someday, what steps do I need to take now? That is... Such a huge question. And I think Kara and I will eventually do a different episode that's solely around like starting your own business, entrepreneurship, stuff like that, because, Mm -hmm. you know, it so depends what type of business you even want to start. But I would truly just say you have to get started. You have to do something like you are not going to have it all figured out. I like to think of everything with business as layers. Like you're like, take a cake. You have to like lay the bottom down. And you need to figure out that, get that lock and key. And then once you either feel like that product is really great or you've established, you know, that price tier or something, then you can add on something else and then you can keep going. But if you try to do all of it at once and at the beginning, you're just going to be completely overwhelmed. And then like it could lead to failure because you could either be burnt out. You could just be spread way too thin and you might not be able to maintain quality and control. So just, I think slow and steady, you know, it's, a marathon. Getting into business is not a sprint. So knowing that and being patient is my advice. So important. I think my biggest tip, if you're thinking about starting a business, the number one step is to validate the idea. Because I feel like whenever we have business ideas, we just think, oh my God, everyone's going to love this. Like this is such a good idea. But I think you just need to like validate that there's actually a customer or a multitude of customers out there. So whether that's talking to friends or talking to people that you don't know, just before you invest all your time and money into like this amazing product or idea that you have, and then 10 months a year down the road, you realize you don't have any customers, just like make sure you have that step taken care of. Make sure there's actually a want for what you're providing. Yeah. I think that kind of goes with what I said too. Like mm-hmm. go slow, test the water before you order 10,000 yeah. of something or before you spend yes. your entire savings or before you quit your nine to five, like dip your toes in. Make sure people yeah. like it because even like you might have a great product, but it could be the wrong color, it could be the wrong season. Like mm-hmm. your service could be in the wrong city. There's so yes. many what ifs, and figuring that out slowly through trial and error and getting feedback. And something that yeah. Andy says in Real is the Real AF podcast is that numbers don't lie. And I have <laughs> learned that a lot with my business to where I'm like, oh, this is the best-selling product. And I look at the numbers and I'm like, no, it's not. Mm -hmm. You might personally like it the most, but it is not the best one. There are other things that are selling better. And I think I learned that a lot from having a clothing store is that you don't only carry things that are your your taste or your style. You also have to look at what other people like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And maybe the idea that you originally had wasn't for everybody else, but through asking other people through that trial and error, you found a better idea. So yeah, always getting feedback. I think people get nervous to tell people their ideas, but I think Allison said it in another episode, like once an idea is said out loud, then it just gets better and better. Yeah, every time an idea is introduced to a new mind, better and better. And be willing to pivot. Is that from Big Magic? Probably. (laughs) I think you will read that book. Okay, I'm going to do it today. Um, Being willing to pivot is really important too because you don't want to get so stuck in something and then not take an opportunity Mm -hmm. just because... Like it has to be this exact way. Absolutely. Okay. Next question. If you could give one word of advice to 16-year-old you, what would it be? Hmm. I think just to keep doing what you're doing. And I kind of said this and we have another question similar later on, but like, it doesn't really matter what you're doing when you're 16. Like, don't worry about drama. Don't worry about friends. Like, it doesn't 
matter in the long run. So just, I don't know, just keep going. I don't know. I'm trying to think where I was when I was 16. Probably sophomore in high school. Uh Uh-huh. I think I would have told myself to drink less. Mm Mm-hmm. Honestly, because I was doing all of the right things, but drinking too much. Because I had this mindset that kind of like Clay said when he was talking about sobriety, like I was like, I'm a 4.0 student. I'm at state track. I have great friends, whatever. Like I can keep doing this. And I think if I would have reeled that back in, I could have accomplished so much more and had a lot less regrets and made out with less people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's all I have to say. I don't have much. I'm like, I don't... Because Tara was well behaved. (laughs) I'm like, again, the grandma, whatever. Okay, well, you definitely have a lot of expertise on this next question. So you can totally take it away. How do you even go about getting your first credit card, credit card points, raising your credit score, SOS, lost, I don't know. (laughs) Well, this is my... The question. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a question. Um, You're great at credit card points too. So we both have good insight. But yeah, this is my 2020 goal. My whole goal of the year is just to get better at credit card points because I have friends that were working at these like big credit card blogs, doing really cool hacks, flying places on business class for free. I was like, I want to know how to do this. But basically, Allison wrote this in her outline. You have to start from scratch and you have to start with like a basic, boring credit card. So just go to your local bank. Get the easiest credit card you can get just to build credit for a year. I went to my local credit union and got a super boring visa that had no benefits. Like you have to start somewhere because if you try to apply for those glamorous cards that are like the 100K bonus as your first card, you're going to get denied. So go just get that basic one, do it for a year, then apply for a card with some bonuses. My personal favorites are the Amex Gold, which is great for restaurants and groceries. So that was my first actual card past the basic one because I lived in New York City and only ate out and got groceries. So that was like perfect for me. And then just got the Chase Sapphire Preferred, which is like one of the best travel cards there is. So read the points guy. That's where I learned all my information about credit card hacking. It's a blog. They have a a huge company in New York and that's where one of my friends worked. NerdWall is also a great blog, but you have to like put in the time because you're not just going to stumble upon this information. But once you do learn it, you are like, you can be so surprised at how much money you can save or just like cool things you can get with credit card points. It's wild. And all for money you're already going to spend anyways. Agree. I think people get too scared of credit cards and they're like, I'll just start Mm -hmm. later. Like I don't have enough money to be putting things on credit or credit is bad, but your credit score is based off like quite a few categories. One category is like how long you've had credit. One is how many inquiries you're putting in. So like Kara said, if you can't, if it's one of your first credit cards, don't go and try to apply for one of those really high credit cards because those credit inquiries are going to hurt your score in the long run. Mm -hmm. So try to keep your credit inquiries for new credit cards to like one per year, probably one every two years. Then another one is if you're only using a small portion of your total credit allowance. So say I have a $100,000 credit allowance across all my credit cards. I don't want to use more than like probably 5 to 10% of that because it's showing like, hey, you're responsible. Like they've given you the ability to run up $100,000 in credit cards, but you're only using... Five to ten thousand dollars, like you're responsible. And then another thing is, you know, making sure you have on-time payments. If you mm-hmm. already have a pretty decent credit built up, I really love the Capital One Venture because in it, it has this link that constantly, every time I log in, it has my credit score right at the top. And every week, it gives me an updated credit card score and if it went up or if it decreased, and exactly why it did. 
But yeah, going back to the get started sooner, I'm so glad that I had my first credit card when I was like 16. My dad is very good with finances and my mom, they were all about like setting me up for success. So they just like helped me open one in my name. I, you know, put something like your Spotify or gas on it, very minimal. Mm -hmm. And then just make sure you pay that off every month because now I have, I think a full 10 or 11 years of credit history. And that has set me up. Like most people my age don't have a credit score in the 800s. Like that's pretty rare. And that's truly because I have 10 years of credit history. And now that I'm 26, if I want to get like a big loan, buy a house, like so helpful. So I would Mm -hmm. truly start the sooner, sooner than later. Yeah. I got mine after graduated college and I was like, why didn't you guys tell me like in parents? Why didn't you tell me to get this sooner? Like, I feel like I'm so behind. So if you're in high school or college, go get one now. It's so easy. And of course, don't put money on there that you can't afford to pay back. Like don't put things on there that you can't pay off. It should be what you already have in money, not mm-hmm. like what you can't afford. And then you're putting on credit now. Yeah. I, I think that people think that that's like, oh, you're using your credit card because you don't have money to do it later. Like Kara said, we're spending money that we already have, but just using it to get points and build up that credit score. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to have to pay for gas every month or you're going to pay for your Spotify or your OPPD bill or whatever. So just budget that, put it on your credit card and then pay it off in full every single month Mm -hmm. and you'll get the hang of it. It'll be great. I also think having the app is super handy as opposed to just using like the desktop login because then you can check it constantly and not feel like it's a scary thing that's happening out there that you never look at. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Apps are great. And we can link some of our credit cards in the show notes too, because another huge great thing about credit cards is you get referral bonuses. So Mm -hmm. like with my Capital One and then the Chase Sapphire Preferred that Karen and I both have, anytime we refer someone, we get like a hundred bucks. And then same thing for you guys. If you get that card and then you convince your friend or your boyfriend to get it, you get a hundred bucks or whatever the card's points Mm -hmm. or referrals are. That can add up. Yeah. And plus whatever bonus that they offer you when you click our link, like... Yeah. Huge. Huge. The the offer Allison got is worth $1,250 just for opening that card. Yeah. I think what? mine was like a thousand dollar bonus in points. Yeah. Well, like if you spend a certain amount in a certain time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we do that. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. Let's do how do you balance posting so much on social media while being present in the moment? I have a quick answer for that. Mm-hmm. My tip would just be record and take the photos and then edit them and post them later when you get home or when you're by yourself. That's a great tip because no one likes when someone's just like on their phone typing and like playing their Instagram story sound on loop yeah. 20 times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can be uh, more focused on it too. Like you can create better content yeah. when you're not trying to multitask and do both. Yes. And I th- I my tip for this would just be, just be aware when you're, when you're on your phone in front of people, it's just a habit that we just fall into. So if you're aware that it's a habit that you keep doing, then you'll be able to break it. Yeah, cool. Otherwise, in a, a zoomed out version, it's very hard to balance. I think we all know this. Yeah. <laughs> it is hard. When I'm way more present, I'll have like one story the entire day. Like yeah. there really is no happy balance. There's no happy medium. Like yesterday we had Connor's grandma's birthday and I was very present, like had my phone and my purse like inside. And I literally had two stories up the whole day. Cause I'm like, you can't be posting stories like at grandma's and be present at the same time. (laughs) I don't know. It's tough. It is. All right. How do you figure out your personal brand aesthetic style niche? Um, definitely get inspiration from other people. 
I recently took like a Skillshare on finding your personal style for your house. And the lady said, you should just look up what different styles are, like what different style names are and like scroll through Pinterest, like see which photos you keep pinning and like associate that with different names of styles. So like if you like boho or if you like mid-century modern, I know that applies to houses, but even with your personal style, like see what kind of pictures on Pinterest you're pinning, figure out what that style is called and then search people on Instagram, like fashion bloggers that are posting in that style. I think just like diving in and saving things, getting inspiration is really important because then when you're out in the real world, you can see it easier instead of just trying to go into a store blind and picking out things that you like. Then you can kind of even go back to your phone and refer to that folder. Like, okay, like this isn't common. I see this. Yeah. I would agree. I think it's easiest when you can link your personal style into every aspect of your life, your home decor, Mm -hmm. your closet your stationary, your iPhone background, your Instagram feed. When everything is just like in sync, it becomes really effortless. And that was probably one of my goals, I think in 2019 was to capture rather than curate because I used to be like, okay, I have to like set up this scene or like stage this photo. And I was like kind of trying to make it like what the style I wanted it to be, but it wasn't quite right. And then once I just made my actual life more beautiful and I got clothes that I actually liked and put things in my house that were truly my style. Then when you quickly take a picture of like your smoothie, the cup is on brand for you. The background of your apartment is on brand. Like when you go to take Instagram photos, everything in your closet matches your Instagram feed. Everything, you know, just works very cohesively. And Mm -hmm. yeah, that might sound expensive or overkill, but I don't know. It's really, it's not, it was pretty easy to figure out, but Mm -hmm. maybe just know that you don't have to do it forever. Like when I'm in my thirties and forties, that's probably totally going to change. And that's more than fine. You don't have to pick a style till the day you die. (laughs) Yeah. You can easily swap out your closet, swap out pillows, decor. Yeah. Yeah, And I'm definitely still working on what my style is because I do like so many different types of houses and so many different outfits and stuff. So this is definitely something I'm still working on. So yeah, I'm just trying to draw inspiration. And like we said, yeah, like I said earlier, just like stay with basics and stuff. Timeless pieces. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do you deal with long distance relationships? Okay. So Clay and I had to do distance for nine months probably because he is a year younger than me. So he had to finish out college. And we both just totally did our own thing. Like he was really focused on his career. I was really focused on like, decorating my first apartment, building up my business and working on me, going to the gym, whatever. And I think that's important because let's say it didn't work out. We wouldn't have been like, wow, I just wasted nine months like waiting for this person. Like you want to make sure that you're really putting that time into yourself and your personal growth. And then that is a unique opportunity that you're probably not going to get back because if it does work out and you guys move in together, you're really never going to have that time alone to do your own thing again. So cherish it instead of rushing it. And then my other tip would be to always set a date that you're going to see each other again. So you're not just sitting there waiting. Like, is it going to be a week? Is it going to be a month? Then you just know and you can be like, yep, it's going to be three months. That's fine. That is what it is. And then you can go from there. Yes. Love that. And kind of what I've said and seen people say is just if it it works, if you want it both to work, like there's not really much advice you can give or say. Like if you both want to work, you're going to figure it out. And it might suck, but if both people are willing to put in the time to make it, I don't know, continue past being long distance, like I think it'll it'll all work out. 
going off that, someone else asked, how do you deal with long distance friendships? That's tough because I feel like that's really most of my friendships post-college because I made such good friends in college and now we've literally all gone our separate ways. I think I have like one good friend from college in the same city as me right now. So I think something that our guest, Danielle, who is a friendship coach. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to that. But something she said was the phone goes two ways. Like if you feel like none of your friends are checking in on your life or following up with you, it's like, you know, you can call them too. Like be the friend that you want to have. So proactively reaching out to people, giving people a call when you're in the car. I feel like it's just checking in and, you know, not expecting your friends to call you or text you every day. Because like in reality, everyone has their own lives. Everyone works their own jobs. Like people are busy. That doesn't mean they don't care about you. It's just that, yeah, you just have to check in and be the friend that you want to receive. Good advice. I think (laughs) um, a fun tip would be to like, do activities in the evening together, like over FaceTime. Like if you were already both going to be cooking dinner at the same time or like doing a yoga class at home, you could like do it together or you could bake and then mail each other the baked goods or write each other letters and just send little care boxes. Like you don't have to put a lot of money into it, but you know, with your friends in real life, if you're like dropping off lunch or bringing them a matcha at work or things like that, it's really no different to spend, you know, $20 a month or every few months. Sending them a little mm-hmm. something cute in the mail, or especially if it's a surprise, like that's so nice. Like mm-hmm. the what do you call it? Just like the magic of snail mail is slept on, but it really is so special to get something tangible in the mail as opposed to just like a text message. Oh yeah, for sure. Everyone loves getting gifts. I feel like that's just so intentional mm-hmm. and like really shows that you're thinking about that person. And what's a stamp? Like a dollar? <laughs> yeah, not even. Yeah. Okay. Next question is how to be more comfortable with your body. Getting healthier. When I have been the same size in the past looking, I have been very confident in my body and also been very not confident while having the exact same body. Granted, I've been, you know, more toned or less toned, but I've pretty much been the same size for like the last 10 years. And I think the more you focus on being healthier rather than being skinnier or whatever, or being getting a bigger ass or whatever you think you need to be more confident. Truly, if you just focus on being healthier, you will feel better because I think we have this like intuitive guilt that we know we aren't respecting our bodies, which makes us not confident when you're like, yeah, low key, I do kind of get McDonald's all the time and low key, I eat ice cream on the couch almost every night and I haven't been doing my skincare and I'm really talking mean to myself. Like, it's going to be really hard to feel comfortable and confident in your own skin when you're not respecting your body at all, as opposed to if you're like, yeah, I'm taking care of myself. I'm drinking water. I'm going for my hot girl walks. And yeah, maybe my body's not perfect, but I respect it and I love it. It's going to have that result because I already respect my body so much more from the 75 hard program that we've been doing. And I really haven't lost any weight. I just feel better, Mm -hmm. which makes me more confident. Yeah. I love that. Especially you can totally tell when you're taking care of yourself and getting that activity in or just even like taking care of your personal hygiene. That makes all the difference. I think what I would add is I love the quote that your clothes are meant to fit you. You're not supposed to fit into clothes because I've definitely fallen victim to buying something and being like, it's just a little tight, but like, I'll just like lose some weight or it'll fit later on. But it's like, no, what is that doing to your self-confidence? Like, that's terrible. Your clothes are meant to fit you. So 
I don't know. I think that is something to think about. Like don't buy things that don't make you feel good. 100%. And if there's trendy pieces that aren't really for your body type, you don't have to participate in every single fashion trend that comes around if you put it on and you don't feel comfortable. Because when you don't feel comfortable in your clothes, you're probably not going to have a very productive, happy day. Like we've all Mm -hmm. left the house in something that is not quite right. And it's hard to be in a really good mood at dinner or at that concert or whatever when you aren't literally feeling comfortable in your own clothes. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah, it totally comes off. So yeah, make sure you're buying clothes that you like and that fit you and embrace who you already are. Amen. How do you deal with loneliness? Are you Mm -hmm. someone who gets lonely? I don't get very lonely, but I'm also in a relationship. So (laughs) I think when I wasn't in a relationship, I definitely would get lonely and it would make me sad. And I think I would just lean into those friendships and like lean into your family because that's what they're there for. They're there to be there for you when you're feeling down. I'd give my friends a call. I don't know. Your support systems are your support systems. Like they want to be there for you. And maybe if you're feeling lonely, like, and again, you feel like no one's reaching out to you. Like those people just don't know that you're feeling that way. So if you just let them know, they're going to be there for you. It's not like the whole world is out to get you. Like sometimes it feels like everyone's abandoned you, but it's just like, you know, people get busy. Mm -hmm. Give them a call. I like that. What about you? I'm probably on the opposite side of the fence. I don't think I've ever been lonely because I'm obsessed with being alone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I would say it's like if you enjoy your own company, you can never be lonely. So try Mm -hmm. to like literally picture yourself as your own best friend. Like when you're doing something like zoom out and be like, oh my God, look at my cute little self taking herself out (laughs) for coffee and going for a walk. Like she is thriving and I don't know. I just, I just love being alone. So mm-hmm. my advice would be if you can't lean on that support system to just try to embrace being alone and maybe figuring out your Enneagram type or dive more into astrology and figure out like what in your chart you could either amplify by being alone or why you're feeling that way. I think you'll find those answers. Yeah, I agree. Because when you were kind of saying that, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I do literally everything by myself. Like I don't really feel lonely. So I think it that is kind of the key is like tapping in and feeling, figuring out why you feel that way because it probably is related to more like self-exploration. Yeah. And like figuring out who you really are by yourself. Because in the end, you're going to die alone anyway. So <laughs> might as well like that person. That is true. <laughs> There's another quote that's like, if your, your company has to be better than my peace and happiness or I don't want it. And that for me is really important because since I love doing things by myself, if you want to come, sounds so arrogant. If you want to come to coffee with me or like take me out to lunch, like it's going to have to be better than it is if I'm just there by myself. Like if you're going to be a nuisance or dump all of your drama on me or all this, like, sorry, I'll just go get coffee alone. I don't need all that. (laughs) No, I think that's important. I think like we've said in other episodes, like you have to be accountable for the energy that you bring into situations. Yes. Good follow-up. So yeah, no. So I don't think that's arrogant at all. I think it's just, yeah. When you're someone like you, that's happy being alone. You have to make sure you're hanging out with people who only add to the energy, only make it better. Yeah. And if you find yourself struggling to make friendships, being aware of the energy that you're bringing to those things, like Kara just said, like maybe if you feel like you're not getting invited places or you are getting excluded, it might be because your energy needs a little TLC. Yeah. We're all about getting more self-aware on the Already yes. Friends podcast. It's super <gasps> important. <laughs> we, we need to make a slogan. 
Weakness <laughs> of buttons. <laughs> self-aware is... We love a self-aware care. queen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We need something. I still feel like I need to be more self-aware. It's something we're always working on. It's not like you're always 100%, but... Absolutely. And I, I even still will get anxiety after I leave a situation and be like, wow, I did something and I should have done this. Like trying to reflect mm-hmm. on how I handled that interaction. Like how could I have been more patient or more gentle or said another thing? I think that's important too. After you have interactions, reflect. What did yeah, you contribute? That, how did you that's interact? That's great. That's really good. Well, we have one last good question. We're going to end on yeah. a banger here. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Take it away, Kara. <laughs> I mean, with this question, I'm like, out of all of the advices, like out of all of them, I'm trying to think of like, what was the most life-changing? And I feel like for me, it was being told by one of my mentors in high school or college. And he was like, you're going to work the rest of your life. Like there's no rush to get your career started. Like, to have it all figured out. And that is truly what has led me to being where I am today. Because in high school, I was definitely like president of the alumni association. Like I was like that person who always wanted to do like those quote unquote achievements and things like that. So in college, it's pretty typical for people to get an internship, maybe going into their senior year. But then like by the time I was in college, people were getting internships like their sophomore year and then their junior year. And like I feel like traditionally for me, that was something that I always thought I would do. But then this mentor was like, why are you going to go get an internship that's going to pay you $10 an hour and you're going to sit in an office the whole summer when you be at a pool, lifeguarding, like having fun. And I I don't know. I think that was the best piece of advice I gotten because yeah, like why go work at a company that I wasn't even going to work at post-grad? Like they were all companies that I didn't even want to be at. Like it was just to get an internship to get one. So... Yeah, I think just realize you're literally going to work the rest of your life. Like there's no need to rush into things. Like go travel, go do stuff, like be a little selfish. <laughs> so, so true. You're not going to get that time back and you're not going to mm-hmm. be young and thriving like you are now. I guess for, I don't mean to say that if there's someone over <laughs> that's, that's in their mid part of their life, but you, you're not getting any younger. You're right. So mm-hmm. just have fun with it. Yeah. That is good advice. Okay, what's yours? I really like the quote, travel now, your money will return, but your time won't. It is so true. That's kind of like what you said. You have your whole life to make money and have a career, but more broad, I just am really thankful that my mom really instilled in me to like march to the beat of my own drum. Like I have just never been afraid to just do what I want to do. If anything, it really gets me in trouble. Like my parents used to be like, it's just Allison's world, whatever you want. And I'm like, yeah, but you guys told me to. You'd like, my parents <laughs> yeah. encouraged me to be so doing my own thing. But I just, I'm really thankful that I'm that way. And anytime I start to get hung up and I'll go to my mom for advice, she's like, you're caring what people think. Stop caring what people think. Whenever you stop caring is when your best ideas, your best creativity, you're being your best self. And I can even like look back like in my Instagram feed and be like, yep, that random fall, I was getting caught up. I was caring what people think. Like I can see it portrayed in like how I was acting. That's crazy. Once you just start doing your own thing. Yeah. When you start doing your own thing, the best versions of you just come out and you can live freely. And living freely, I think is what life is all about. Whether that's living freely to travel, to sit at that pool and lifeguard, to express your authentic self. Like you just don't want to feel tied down or 
feeling like you have to act like someone you aren't or wear clothes that you don't want to wear. Amazing. I think that <laughs> is the best way to get this episode. No, I agree. That's great advice. Well, now we have our announcement. Yes. Oh my gosh. I almost forgot. And it's, it's been, been a, a long huge announcement to make. Thank no, you for your great. thorough patience, guys, and waiting through a very long episode. <laughs> Hopefully, if you asked a question, you heard an answer or we gave you some good advice. And but, if you didn't, it's okay because of what we're going to tell you. Yes. Yeah, so if you guys like the style and content of this episode, then you might enjoy our new Patreon that we're launching. So if you aren't familiar with Patreon, it's a platform for artists and creators to earn money for their work through monthly subscriptions. So it's a win-win for you guys. If you want more content like this, you can sign up for our Patreon and get more episodes, get more personalized content where you can ask us questions. Um, But yeah, Allison's going to explain more of what this is. So going back a little bit, why we decided to launch this is because one, the podcast blew up like a little quicker than we imagined. And we have been getting a lot of messages, either like between Karen I's DMs, the podcast DMs, New Waves DMs, people stopping the store or like TikTok comments. Like we just have been getting a huge influx of messages and They're really personal messages where either someone's like telling us that the content really resonated or they have like a kind of like a follow-up question to something that we talked about in the podcast. And being Kara and I, we can't just like be like, do-do-do, here's our two-second reply. We like get really emotionally invested and want to thoroughly reply to you guys. But as things are blowing up a little quicker than we thought, we are both feeling like, holy cow, we like don't have time to like get back to all of these people in the way that we want to get back to them. And we also have to do both of our own businesses that we run. You know, we have relationships, we have social life, we have we have our own laundry and chores to do. And there's only so many hours in a day. And we also want to make sure that the podcast, like our actual weekly episode, still gets all the time and love that we've been pouring in. And I think that you guys would probably be shocked to know how much we put into just creating one single episode for you guys each week. So do you have anything to add to that? Yes, you'd be surprised at how much time, money, resources goes into putting on the show. But Patreon offers us a way to give a little more to you guys while helping us pay for that studio time, our website, our softwares, editing, all that stuff. So we want to keep the entry-level cost super affordable. So for $5 a month, um, you can get a bonus episode each month. Since we know most of you guys are students and young adults on a budget, we figured that's very affordable. That's like getting a coffee every month. Basically like a coffee for us. You're buying coffee for us each month. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah. And membership will include, yes, that bonus episode each month. You'll be the first to know about upcoming merch releases. You'll vote on merch. You'll contribute to upcoming episode ideas because we do get a lot of submissions for ideas and we love them. But if you're in our Patreon, those will be prioritized. And we're kind of want to move those suggestions to there anyways. But yeah, later on, we're thinking about adding different tiers with Patreon. You can do different tiers. We're just going to keep it at $5 a month right now and give you guys a lot of features with that. But hoping to add maybe more personalized time, maybe some one-on-one calls down the road with us through Patreon. But yeah, we're really excited to launch this. And again, it's just a way for us to get some income for this passion project that has, yeah, costs a lot of time and money, but it's so, so worth it. Like we love doing this. And this honestly is something that's just like necessary for us just to keep sustaining the show. 
Yeah. And we're not saying that you guys have to do it in any way. We just have a lot of people that are reaching out and asking for more. And Karen mm-hmm. and I have kind of decided like we've both freely given what we can give, which is one episode per week. And because mm-hmm. that probably takes us like 20 hours total, at least 10 per person, just to get one one hour episode up. So to, for us to even double that, like there's no way we wouldn't, it would take away so much from our jobs. And we also feel that by answering the questions more in bulk on the podcast, kind of like how this Q&A style was, we can reach a wider audience because otherwise, if Kara and I are just answering one-on-one DM questions, that's 20 minutes kind of per DM, then we we can't we don't have enough time to make awesome podcast episodes. And we don't want it to take away from the weekly episodes that we're already doing. So this is more a bonus onto what we're already doing rather than like an instead of by any means. Yeah. So we'll still keep doing four episodes a month, mm-hmm. posting here on the regular podcast streaming services. But yeah, this Patreon will give you just a chance to see some more content if you are someone who listens right away and you're waiting on the edge of your seat for the next <laughs> episode. So which we greatly appreciate. Like yes. I think we both just didn't know like what the podcast was gonna look like. Cause if you guys have been day one listeners, you know that this whole idea came to us pretty quick and we just got microphones, started recording and started putting podcasts up. We didn't really have like a long-term game plan in mind. But we're here and we are so thankful for the community that has already grown in six months, which we didn't even really say on the last episodes, but we did officially hit six months of podcasting. So we felt like tying it in the Patreon with our six month was good timing. Yes. So again, if you want to see what's included with that $5 a month, head to our Instagram. The link will be in our bio. It's also in this episode's show notes, but it's just patreon.com slash already friends. And yeah, we're excited to have a closer way to connect with you guys and to just share more awesome episodes with you all. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. We hope you enjoyed this big sister advice style episode and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Already Friends. It means the world to us that you are listening, liking, subscribing, and following us on Instagram. We are really trying to build up our rating in Apple Podcasts. So if you could leave a review, we are a review and a rating. We are doing a giveaway at the end of the year for AirPod Pros. So Kara is going to tell you how you can enter that giveaway. Yes. So to be entered into this giveaway, you need to leave a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcast app. Go ahead and click five-star, write a little snippet about what you're enjoying with the podcast, and then screenshot that and send it to our Instagram at We're Already Friends. That way you'll be entered. We'll see it. And yeah, we're doing the drawing at the end of the year. So again, thank you for your support. It really means the world to us and it lets us keep doing what we're doing. Yes. Thank you guys so much. We'll catch you next time. Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. Banking services, debit card provided by Bancorp, Bank NA, or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC, SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.